Episode 212, Matt Schaup, serial entrepreneur and author of the book, Painted Baby. Painting a picture of perfection prevents true connection between humans. I'm Mark Rabin. This is my favorite mistake. In this podcast, you'll hear business leaders and other really interesting people talking about their favorite mistakes. Because we all make mistakes. But what matters is learning from our mistakes instead of repeating them over and over again. So this is the place for honest reflection and conversation, personal growth and professional success. Visit our website at myfavoritemistakepodcast.com. To learn more about Matt, his companies, his book, and more, look for links in the show notes or go to markgraven.com slash mistake 212. As always, thanks for listening. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to My Favorite Mistake. I'm Mark Raven. Our guest today is Matt Schaup. Back in 2005, he was laid off. He then founded M&E Painting, which grew quickly. It's produced over $30 million in revenue since then. Uh, he and M&E Painting have received dozens of business awards. He was named one of Colorado Biz Magazine's top five most influential young professionals. He was one of 40 under 40 top business leaders. Um, as named by the Northern Colorado Business Report, among many other awards. He's founded now six successful companies. He's grown them all from the ground up, and, and they're all being run, as he describes, by extraordinary people. And there's a lot to talk about and a lot I want to ask uh, Matt about today. Along the way, among other things, he received his Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. He does all kinds of things. Matt, welcome to the podcast. And, and first question is, do, do you ever sleep? <laughs> I do. I do. I get a good seven hours on average. And it wasn't always like that, but, but I do, you know, I get up, I get up early some days, a little earlier than others. But if I know I'm getting up real early one day, like today, go to bed a little bit more early. Yeah. And we'll, we'll, we'll come back to this later. Probably one of the keys is not trying to actually run all six businesses. Nope. Do what you're good at. Triple down on that. Hire the rest, trust people. And you got to rest that whole, um, lie that they tell you get three hours of sleep and grind, grind, grind. You'll, you'll die at like 42. If you haven't already. Mm-hmm. Right. So we're going to come back and, and, and talk about the different businesses. We're also going to talk about, and I think this might be part of Matt's favorite mistake story, but I'm going to introduce the book and the title anyway. It's called Painted Baby, Connect with Clients Through Brave and Vulnerable Storytelling. So Matt, here you are. Be vulnerable, man. What, <laughs> what, <laughs> what, what's your favorite mistake? I've got so many. I've got so many personal ones and business ones. The the premise, though, that overlays all of the stories we'll talk about is that painting a picture of perfection prevents true connection between humans and business, life, leadership, family, whatever domains of life you have. It's people serving other people. And to the degree you do it well, there's there's rewards, there's service, there's contribution to other people. But we live in a society where you just pull up social media, right? Perfect life, perfect, perfect yeah. life, perfect dinner, perfect vacation. And it's easy to take a 10-second snapshot and make it look like that. So, but, but it sets this expectation that everything's like that. And we know, like we know in our brains that it's not. But there's just this drive and this push in society to be perfect. So for a long time in business... Painted Baby was born out of this story where I'm sitting across the table from biggest business deal I'm ever going to close. It's 20 times the size of my normal paint job. 
and I'm giving them my A plus five star tip top reviews. I had the five dollar shiny brochure. He was even in it. He was a previous client, had painted for him before, and he wouldn't sign the contract. I'm trying all different kinds of clothes techniques, and he takes my brochure and he throws it across his office, and he says, "Your shiny marketing brochure is crap. Tell me about a time you screwed up." And what you did about it. And he literally leans back, takes a sip of coffee and, and folds his arms. He's a straight shooting dude. And I'm sitting here for the first time in my career as a business person, a salesperson and a marketer. I was child. You don't do this. This isn't normal. You don't share mistakes. You don't. You put your best right. foot forward. Right. 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 So I share a couple stories that he wasn't as interested in. I painted the wrong color on a house. Not a big deal. Happens a lot. We painted the right color on the wrong house once. That's a great story and happy to share more. But he still wouldn't sign the contract. I'm like, I got to tell him painted baby. So I told him about painted baby. Had never shared the story before. We were painting on a job site. Mom was coming out every day to admire the paint job. Say hello to the guys like sweetest lady in the world. Nine month old baby in her arms. And she was bringing out snacks this morning setting them up on the back deck and my painter's getting ready to spray a garage door with black semi-gloss paint. One in a million chance that this paint sprayer would jam like it did. And that, and another one in a million that she's standing there with a baby, right? As he pulls the trigger, boom, paint everywhere, paint, like paint a baby. And um, that's a, that's a bad day for us in business at the office. Yeah. The job site. Yeah. So I'm sitting here just a few years later thinking that I need to paint this picture of perfection, telling this customer the worst story of my career, what I did about it. And then he sticks his hand out to shake my hand. He says, you're the kind of guy I want to do business with. Let's do this. And, and it, it threw me for a 180. And then I really went on a journey of exploring how, how do people really connect? How do we build trust? How do we establish trust and rapport? Not, not the whole old school. They need to know you like you trust you that trust in the no like trust is you're not going to, kidnap my wife or steal the purse. No, no, seriously. Right. Don't steal the baby. Try not to paint the baby. Not, not going to kill me, but that deep trust. Like, Hey, if something goes sideways, right. I know their brochure says they stand for integrity and values and vision and family and excellence. But you know, yeah, because, because when there's none of that being compromised, you don't have to show any of it, but what happens when you know what hits the fan and he wanted to know. So I told him and he goes, I like how you handled that. And I initially equated that to share a crazy story about painted baby, get more sales. <laughs> and, and I didn't realize that it's no show up as who you truly are. You're brave, your vulnerable self, not how social media thinks or expects you to show up. Just be you with the big cauliflower ear. I've got a big receding forehead every, every couple of weeks it's getting bigger. You just, just show up. You're not perfect. Just be you. And people are going to love that. They're going to laugh at that. They're going to connect with you. And then that's what builds trust. And then that's what gets you business. Not, not being, yeah. buttoned up. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, so when, when the baby got splattered with paint though, like, I mean, how angry was the response then? I'm just curious, just to button up mm -hmm. how, how, how you dealt with that in the more, in the moment before we step back to kind of the broader picture of, of sharing that story. I love that you asked that because we have, we have gotten a lot of paint on a lot of things in my 20 years of doing business. We have, we have yeah. been in commercial parking lots spraying oil and we've painted 32 cars, right? When somebody's car gets sprayed with paint, they get angry. The, the driving underlying emotion was, was fear and chaos with the baby. So we've had accidents where people fall, people get hurt, baby gets painted. Mama wasn't like, Hey, paint my baby. What happened was my painter Raul, amazing gentleman from Mexico, uh, 
English second language. My second language is Spanish. So we're always Spanglishing. He's a funny class clown. He calls me up. I'm 20 minutes away from the job. I'm like, Mateo, Mateo, come quick. I paint the baby. Oh my gosh. And hangs up the phone. I just heard woman hysterical, baby crying. When I got there, she wasn't mad. It was, hey, is baby okay? There's that fear. Right. And where's the paint? Is everything water We need to go to paint? the emergency room. Do we do? Yeah. How do we triage this? But it was an honest accident, right? Um, I've been in situations where a painter was just careless and spilled paint on something that was very valuable to somebody. And they're pissed because they knew they were careless. I knew they were careless. And you've got to own, you've got to own whatever it is and respond to whatever emotion be, becomes present as part of that mistake. Right. Well, there's, and there's a difference between um, careless or a bad decision or something just went wrong, right? So what was the learning yeah. from, I don't know the details of this equipment of like what made it pop, splatter? Like, was there a way to learn from that so it could be prevented to not do that again, whether a baby was there or, or, or not? So so when the spray tip, there's a little key that you put in the, in the spray gun and it creates the spray pattern. So there's different size keys, they make different size patterns. What we had established is it looked like the gun hadn't been just cleaned out enough, the filters, things like that. And the key was just off kilter. But usually if your key's off kilter a little bit, it just doesn't spray. So I think it was it was open just enough to let paint go everywhere that it wasn't supposed to versus just not going anywhere. But it, it had never happened in eight, seven, eight years prior to that's never happened since. So, I mean, we just, what we, what we say is, um, you know, stay in the house when we're painting, especially when we're spraying, there's big machines. We've had dogs come and chew on the pressurized hoses and we, we've painted dogs, but you know, painted dogs, not as cool of a book as painted baby. <laughs> right. So, I mean, there's, yeah, there's, 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 there's the mistake. There's how we react to it. Um, you weren't there when it happened. Raul called you. I mean, how, how do you remember because I think, you know, how a leader reacts to a mistake is really important. Like, how, what do you remember about, like, in the moments, the surprise and what you were feeling? And did you have to, like, consciously think about, okay, I need to react in a certain way that's helpful? What was interesting is um, I, I remember this very vividly. I'm doing a bank deposit 20 minutes away. The house is in Windsor, Colorado. I'm in Fort Collins. And Raul calls me, I'm stepping into the bank and I just hit silence. He usually called me, put, and then he called me again. I hit silent again. After like three times, I go, Raul, leave me alone. You, you got this, right? And I put the phone in the pocket, get out of the bank. I missed eight, is eight, nine, 10 phone calls. Like, I should probably call him back. So literally, Mateo, Mateo, come quick, the paint, the boom. Oh my God, oh my God, the baby, oh, the paint, I paint the baby, hangs up the phone after hearing this chaos. So it was, it was a little bit of everything. It was fear. It was shock. It was what the heck's going on. It's interesting on. that he hung up. Yeah. I don't know. Like he probably had to get back to it. It's not that he didn't want to hear you, let's say yelling at him. Mm. It's just right. That gave yeah, me time and to I, think about how to react or. I, I had a 20 minute drive that, that I probably did in 12. I mean, I flew over to the house and, and he must've called me. I never really asked him how, how many minutes after you did this or this happened? Right. Did you call me? But it was pretty fresh. And by the time I got over there, I just, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't call anybody. I just, I just said, get to the job site to find out what's going on. And there's two things I actually distinguish this in the, in the book, in the later chapters is there's reaction and response. So if, if I say to you, Hey, did you, did you just get a haircut? 
and and you see my face, you think yeah. I'm judging your haircut. So you're like, screw right. you, you're bald too. My haircut's better than yours. And you have I'm not this bald, reaction. <laughs> but 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 I was doing this because I had something in my teeth, right? So you you didn't sure. understand the perspective sure. of where I'm coming from, but we react so much where it's this knee jerk. We don't take time to take everything in. So I say a response is when you have time to really look at what's going on and then decide how you're going to speak, act, behave, show up. So I get there and Bloss's, uh, sorry, Raul's brother Bloss is standing at the pickup truck and he's covered in paint. He's got drop sheets covered in paint. And there's a trail of <laughs> black paint going up the driveway. So I say, hey, Bloss, what happened? He's like, no say, man, just go, no say, I don't know. And he'd go to the back and he points here, he put his head down. He was just didn't know where to start. And I follow the paint trail and Raul's did, down did, there. Did he put, sorry to interrupt. Did he put his head down? I mean, he was probably ashamed or just embarrassed or right. I mean, it wasn't shameful. I mean, I had a really good relationship with these guys. I'll talk more about my, my poor crappy leadership and people skills in, in a little bit, but it was just that I don't even know what to say. No one had ever seen this happen. You know, spill a little paint on the flagstone, you clean it up. But this was, he, it's just like, where do we start? Cause I walked to the backyard. It was okay. Is baby. Okay. Baby's okay. Now, where do we even start? There was paint in a 30 to 40 foot radius of, of everywhere. So yeah, lots of emotions, but I never, I never got mad at them because there was no carelessness. There was no um, anything like that. Just an accident. We couldn't figure out how it happened. And um, we, we made it right. It, it cost a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of energy, right. but we cleaned it up. Yeah. Wow. Um, but so let, I want to come back to, to the story and um, your, your, your business again, but like as a quick detour, like hearing how that, that client asked you that question, like that's a, that, that question is, is so fitting for this podcast. Tell me about the time you screwed up and what you did about it, yeah. whether it's a favorite mistake or not. So, so I love that. That would be a great job interview question. If you're looking to hire someone into an organization, have you ever turn the tables and ask that question of when the leaders that you hire to run one of your businesses. Absolutely. And, you know, as, as I'm a salesperson at heart, so this changed our sales in such a significant way, not just in the touchy feely, Hey, fun story. It raised our close rate 10 to 15%, depending on how, where, and when you measured when we implemented this. So bottom line profit. So for me as a salesman, um, when, when somebody's selling me, I had somebody in here today, we've never had an unhappy client. I'm like, well, then you're lying or you don't have a culture in which those clients can tell you they're not happy and I'm not going to hire you. Like I shut 100% down, but yeah, when we hire, when we hire people, here's, here's what happens with the hiring, right? Here's my resume. It's my shiny, it's a shiny marketing brochure of a potential team member. It's not going to suck. Some will be better than others, but no one's going to turn in a bad resume. And they don't expect that question. They they want to tell you how awesome they are and what their references are going to say. And I say, hey, tell me, tell me about a time you got written up. Tell me about a time you got fired. Tell me about a time you let go. What's this gap in your employment history? And, and they, there's something there. But we are conditioned to not go there because there's a fear of judgment and repercussion and shame and, and guilt. Because again, you look at you just look at society and how they they react and respond to that. So people just it's not a it's not a natural thing. But what I'll do in a situation like that is I'll go first. So I say, listen, you're coming to work for a company that wrote the book. Like we wrote the book on this, and we're we're all about that. Yep, and that, and that's how 
as leaders, we can create that culture, right? So if somebody didn't have that workplace, like I've seen people have come into um, this the software company Kinexus that I'm involved in a little bit of in previous jobs, if they made a mistake, they would have gotten yelled at in Kinexus. Mm-hmm. You know, at Kinexus, they get a more helpful response. People don't get yelled yeah. at. We figure out, okay, well, why did it happen? How do we prevent it from happening again? But you can't, like people have that history. You, you can't tell them, well, this place is safe. Right. It takes it takes time yeah. for people to, yeah. to believe that, OK, what they're saying yeah. is true. The leader, you know, that like yeah. you said, I'll go first. Um, that's really powerful when the leader setting that example. Right. Yeah, it, it is. And, you know, I've got a really fun story of a team member. He's one of our best team members that ever worked for us. And uh, he's a he was a four time felon turned full time pastor. And he came to work with us from 2012 to 2019. And I feel like he needs to come on your podcast. So I don't want to share. All of his stories. Maybe you can make that introduction. Yeah. Should I hold it? You want to hold it? Let me do this. I'll give a, I'll give a little teaser. So, so he, he, when he came to us, he had found God. He was Jesus believing Rick, everything, you know, he's quoting the Bible, just, just good, clean, awesome dude. Customers loved him. And two to 3% of the time, he would just go a little gangster in his tone and his voice. He'd be praise the Lord, praise the Lord. What'd you say to me? Go, yeah. huh, this guy's got something a little mistake, going on. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we have a leadership position come open, and um, he was a subcontractor. And I go, hey, if you're coming in full time, we need to sit down and talk about some different things. And he goes, hey, I got to tell you something. I've got some felonies. And I laughed. I'm like, did you get a ticket at, at Bible study? You get a parking ticket? You know? He's like, no. He goes, I, I've got four felonies, and we need to talk. And he sat down and he shared this story. Stories in the book, and um, he he shared some really heavy stuff of some poor decisions he made. And got in a lot of trouble for it and took accountability for it. But at that moment, he's like, Matt, I could either not tell you this and you find out another way, or I tell you this and and how did I respond? I go, You're the kind of guy I want to work with. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And and yeah. we I I worked with him, mentored him. Our company paid for his life plan. I knew he wanted to be a pastor. I knew he was going to be here for five, six years. And I remember the day I was hiking in Spain, he finished his life plan and he messaged me. And when you finish a life plan, it's, it's, why do you exist in one sentence? And he tells me, and I go, well, it's, it's time to go be a pastor. And he goes, yep, I'm going to, I'm going to give you two months instead of two weeks. And, and I'm so proud of him. I mean, yeah. And he's, he's in the book and he's going to be on the podcast when we launch it, but just stuff like that. It's not, this isn't just customer facing. It is, it is human facing however humans interact within business. Yeah. So uh, before coming back to, again, like, you know, talking about, using the painted baby story and and some other things about your businesses i think it's so powerful when when you talk about this this notion of not painting a picture of perfection so i just want to call back to two previous guests one that you have a connection to so one was dan garrison who i think was one of the first 15 episodes i um his distillery if you go to garrisonbros.com they're about us page doesn't start by listing all the awards they've won. It starts by telling about how the first barrels they ever tried aging basically all exploded and leaked because it's too hot in Texas. Mm-hmm. Like there's something cool about that. And they're willing to share yeah. mistakes as they did yeah. on the podcast. So I think that's cool. But we wouldn't be having this conversation here in episode 200 and something mm-hmm. if this idea I had, would people be willing to talk about using your language, a time they screwed up and what they did about it, what they learned. Um, If Kevin Harrington in episode one had not been willing to come and be vulnerable that way, right. This is a guy who's been so incredibly successful and it would be 
you want to tell those success stories. Like if, if he had come on and said, basically, like my favorite mistake is that I've been too successful and I don't smell the roses. Like that's not an interesting yeah. podcast yeah. series. So he was, he was, so he set the tone. He's part of why we're here, but you met Kevin. I was wondering if you would just kind of tell us real quickly about meeting him. I did. I met Kevin back in 2012, 13. I'm not, not hundred percent sure of the exact year. I was part of entrepreneurs organization. And they threw an event in Las Vegas was a regional event. They did something called Pitch Tank. And at that time, our company, Pirate Patch, the company's called Rai Rai, uh, makers of the Pirate Patch. It's a drywall repair tool. And we now sell it on Amazon, Walmart.com. But we were just getting it launched and phenomenal product. When you see what it does, it speaks for itself. It sells itself. You are a sales guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is. I mean, it's like you you have a texture issue. It's it's done. You use a spray can, you want to kill the spray can. So yeah, we we got to no, we got to jump on stage in, in a big auditorium in Vegas with Kevin Harrington and other successful entrepreneurs sitting there on stage and pitch the product. And there were eight of us, and then we won the pitch. So after winning that pitch, what you got to do after that was go to a private hotel suite, sit right across. And he's the, he's the nicest guy. Sit right across from him and pitch the product because he has the as seen on TV brand, which this would actually be per- perfect for. And um, he he declined uh, any interest in it. It really had no sales, so it was it was sitting there. It's hey, do you believe in this product and our capacity to to grow it? And for whatever reason, he said no. It's nice to meet him, and um, you know we tried wholesaling it to big box chains and we're losing money. It's a single skew product, but we found great success on online, but it was an idea on a napkin eating burritos after we got fired from a paint job because we couldn't figure out how to do knockdown texture. And um, we were over-promising, under-delivering, and these spray cans were garbage. And um, everybody said we couldn't make it work. And now it's a great story. We've sold tens of thousands of these things. Wow. So back to the painted baby story and a great story. And you, you mentioned you, you know, a little bit already about how using it, you know, has raised your close rate and you're being authentic yeah. and vulnerable and talking about how you handle a problem, even if people don't ask. Tell us about the progression then of, of, of realizing, hey, this might be effective if I shared it proactively with others. I, I'd love to hear like some of that thought process. Yeah, it's effective if you share it proactively, absolutely, in business, but in life. And I would share that at that point, and I don't see a difference between business and life. I tell people, your business will only grow to the degree that you do. It'll only be as healthy as you are. I realized personally that I was being the buttoned up five-star version of Matt, and I wasn't being real with others. So as I start doing it in business... I also start doing it personally with friends, with relationships. But um, I'll use the example of, uh, do you ever see the movie Eight Mile with oh, yeah. Eminem? Yeah. I, I grew so up in the Detroit suburbs right off of Five Mile. Okay. okay. I kind of, so, not the yeah. same, but yeah. Yeah. Every business has a dirty little secret. And I, and I challenge businesses. I say, hey, what is that secret? If your competition got a hold of it and they went out and they spun it to use it against you, what is it? That's that's your painted baby story. Um, in, in Eight Mile right? Eminem goes to the final rap battle and he he knows what they're going to say against him. So he just comes out and says it all against himself and then says, what do you got? Because you went to private school. So how good are you? And the guy was speechless. So proactiveness of get in front of the story, own and control the narrative. And when when a company is going to knock you to sell themselves anyway, if they're going to rap battle their way to success for themselves, then it says a lot about them. 
but you'll leave that you'll leave those people speechless and then it's like you got nothing to hide and and it and it just sets this expectation that listen we've painted a baby if something goes wrong here we'll take care of it just call me and the customers they're more relaxed about it they don't default to high emotional intensity levels of anger and distrust they're like you told me this might happen and now it happened and boom we're Johnny on the spot fix it yeah to make it right yeah so yeah. before we recorded maybe you know we, you can let me share one of these um you showed me a picture of it looked like a yard sign, like you would put in the yard of a house you were painting. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that the context mm-hmm. of it with the painted mm-hmm. baby photo? Tell, tell, us, tell we us can, about that. We can pull it up. Do you want a screen share? Um, no, because we well, we have a lot no. of people listening, but maybe I can share it. Perfect. And yeah. I can superimpose we'll it over the link video. We'll give the link to the page. Yeah, yeah there's a the page. Yeah, yeah. So, so after I leave this sales appointment, I share this with my sales team, and they, they're they like, Matt, you didn't close this deal because of that. So I went out and tested this hypothesis and I measured the results. And when we finally realized this works, raised my close rate, I, I then trained the sales team because it can't just be me, it has to be the team. Once we did that, I go, hey, let's take this to people that are not our customers yet, that we're not in front of for sales opportunities. So we did the photo shoot. We, we took my daughter. She was three years old, brought her to the office. This is a real live shot. Like we legitimately painted her. And um, she went through all the emotions of that. And then we took some of the best photos. And we, at that point, we're doing a lot of outdoor advertising, direct mail. So bus stops, bus benches. We had the crazy sign spinners with the painted baby, uh, direct mail. Painted baby was our thing. It was 2013. We ran with that campaign. And just the, the lead generation increased the different types and depths of conversation However, you measured there was definitely tangibles, but also just this intangible, just easier to do business now. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's great. So we'll share. I'll I'll make sure some of that is available there. People mm-hmm. if they're watching or if you're listening, um, can come to the show notes. And I and I love what you describe of like testing a hypothesis, measuring the example yeah. like that. That's that's modern startup love language, if you will, of like. <laughs> Being willing and able to do that instead of saying, like, I've got this idea. I know it's awesome. Let's go do it. What's interesting in in business, and I've been in the personal development leadership, what can I read? What can I take in to make myself better? And you hear this inspirational message. You can do it. Okay, great. That makes me feel really good and tingly and touchy-feely. How do I do it? Or start with why. I remember when I heard Simon Sinek live in person, start with why. And I leave that. I go, and I told my team, we got to start with why. And they're like, well, how do you do that? And well, he didn't talk about that. He just said, start with why. So I love inspiration mixed with practical wisdom. So so Painted Baby, it's this combination of just amazing stories from wonderful people that, that'll make you laugh, cry, and everything in between. But then it's like, okay, what is the framework? There's six C's of storytelling. Three C's to change your story, and then three C's to create and tell your story. So I take people through a step-by-step process to back up, you know, because if not, it's just a fun story. And people, you know, the engine, the engineer personality styles are going to say, well, what do I do now? Yeah. Or there's, you know, yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, there's different levels of learning from a mistake story of like, okay, if I run a painting company, I could avoid that exact mistake. That it's not going to apply to many people dealing with, a mistake that you've made in your work, that's something that applies to so many more yeah. people. And that's where yep. the power of sharing that and then giving people frameworks of, of what to do. That's, that's And then, and then that's how great. to tell us how to tell a story. I mean, I think for, for me as a salesperson for so long, 
I thought selling was telling or telling was selling. I would just tell and inform, but there is a process and I break that. There's a whole section. I break the process of how do you hook somebody with something shocking, surprising, wonderful, engaging, intriguing. Then how do you build up to an insinuating event, which ties back to a hook, which drives your receiver of that message to some kind of response that you want in that business relationship. So the, just the power of storytelling is, is amazing. Yeah. Maybe this is the last paint related story. There's other businesses and lessons we can talk about here, but you said we come back to it. I'm going to point you back to the, you know, even if it's a quick story, uh, right color on the wrong house. How did that happen? And how do you make sure hopefully that doesn't happen again? In Fort Collins, Colorado, there is a, there's a neighborhood with a blue sky drive and a blue sky court with a 20, 24, 26, the address, I can't remember the exact address, but there's a 24, 26 blue sky drive, blue sky court. So real busy in the business back in the early days, I send the crew out with the job jacket, all the specs go to 24, 26 blue sky and they show up to blue sky and they scrape it, mask it, caulk it, spray paint primer all over the house. And I said, make sure to trim Mrs. Jones's bushes. Cause you know, she's kind of older. Can't, can't do it a lot herself. So we even trimmed her bushes, right? They called me up. Where's the paint? I said paints on the front porch. I had it delivered. There's no paint on the front porch. I go, guys, you know what, what's going on? We're back and forth. It's right on the porch, right next to the flower pot. There's no flower pot, Matt, on this porch. But where the heck, where the heck are you? We're 24, 26 blue sky court. I said court. What? And I pull up two minutes later to the drive. There's nothing going on. I just didn't, I'm not attention to detail guy. I filled this job jacket out and they're like, you didn't tell us. I go, so how did you decide which house to go to? Well, this one needed painting. Oh, so you so, admit it. So that, that was your mistake that. Oh, that was did? absolutely 100%. I am a, I am yeah. a type yeah. D I'm a DI on the disc. I'm very visionary, inspirational, motivational. I, I will, I will run everybody off and jump off a cliff with this amazing vision and have no parachute or structure or plan. I'm not a detail guy. I was rushing here. Here you go. 24, 26. And I had to sit outside that house all day to wait for the homeowner to get home. I mean, imagine you pull up to the house and they ripped your roof off or your gutters or did, did this. And you're like, honey, did you, did you call some painters without me? And he pulled up and he was angry. He was angry. And I had to manage those emotions. What he said to me was hilarious. Um, <laughs> so we had, we had been marketing all over town. We put our name on everything and his exact words were, I know you guys are marketing whores, but I didn't know this was one of the ways that you got around. Wow. <laughs> and I said, listen, wow. I, and I'm thinking, I go, you know, I'll try anything once. I wonder what the return on this investment is. And, and I, I said, listen, I go, here's what happened. You and your wife pick a color. Let me know what it is. We'll come back and give you our best of the best top of the line paint job. And we paid for it. And um, he called us back three years later to paint an interior bedroom. So it did work, but the but the return on the money wasn't it wasn't there. So sure. I didn't do that again. Right, right. Um, don't don't go but, intentionally yeah. making no. that mistake to drum up. No, gotcha. <laughs> I'll try anything once, right? You got you got to yeah. be creative in marketing. But, but yeah, I mean that yeah. was that was my mistake. And um, again, that the, the the lessons between the stories is obviously details matter. But painted baby, it's fear, it's chaos, it's concern, different emotions. This guy comes back. There's there's just anger, and you whatever that emotion is, they have every right to have that emotion. You don't know how people will react or respond, but you have to respect it. Whether you agree, well, that's not how I would respond if you painted my baby. Well, it's not your baby. It's her baby. It's his house. And um, and then try to take emotion out of it as much as you can. 
and, and, you know, logically deal with it. Still care for the person. Don't be cold and callous. Right. Um, right. So I, I want to ask you about these other businesses, but real quick, just, um, I can't help but mention because you know, my, my town <laughs> in Texas, I won't name the name or people could Google it, but the mayor of our town owns a demolition company. He's second generation of this demolition cool. company. They were in the news because over in Dallas, they literally demolished the wrong house. And I've okay. seen something like that pop up in the news a couple of times in different parts of the U.S. I mean, that's that's boy, that that's that's different than starting to paint the wrong house. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's a bad day at their office, right? Like that that's a painted baby store of de- demoing yeah, demoing the office. Um, I, yeah. I don't think they could turn that yeah. into a marketing campaign, though. I mean, the way up, you know, right? you know. <laughs> if you follow the, if you follow the framework though, right. Cause there's, there's a, there's a, there's a, how do you address situations like this? It's understand the severity of the situation. You just demo somebody's home. That's, that's pretty damn serious. Take full ownership, accountability, responsibility, make sure everybody's okay. Create a plan of action. You have to now sell that to the person, to the family whose house you just demoed, take action on that action, get buy-in, keep checking in on people and then tie it right back to, Hey, I know we screwed up. We dropped the ball, but was this a home run the way we picked it up and, and hit it? They, they could do that. I don't know what they did. It would be interesting to see. Yeah. I mean, but to your, to your yeah. point earlier, competitors are certainly bringing it up. You don't want to hire them. They're the, they're the, yeah. the clowns that knocked down the wrong house. Forgive me for putting it that way. That's how someone else might say it. Possibly, but but like, how great would their website be if they say, "Hey, you've probably heard we were the guys that knocked down this house, but look what we gave them back. We gave them this house, and they and they go above and beyond." So, yeah, it would be it would be interesting to see. We should swing back around and see what they did. I'll see if they can come on your. Will they come on your show? Um, we'll see if they are like you and others on this podcast (laughs) who are willing to talk about mistakes publicly. We will. There's only one way to find out. Say, hey, Mr. Mayor, Mm. and try. Um, but back to your businesses, though, Matt, and we're again, Matt Schaut, uh Painted Baby, you know, he started and he has six different businesses, as mentioned, handing them off to be run by great people. It sounds like hiring detail-oriented people then is, is yeah. key. Tell us that more. That helps because I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I go get I go get all the money. Right. And then I don't know what bank account it's in or if the books are balanced. But what, what I've found as an entrepreneur is when we first start, there's three different phases. It's grow, scale, and then build. When we grow, it's an acronym. You're grinding, repeating, operating, and working. And you're doing everything within the business. You have to. You don't have resources. You need to learn what you're good at and just establish. It's important that a business owner knows and understands everything. But you're going to find real quickly that you're going to be really good at something. And then you need to hire out the rest. And to do that, to get to that scale phase, you have to answer the question, can the business run without you? Run without you. Can you take a, a three-day vacation and not have the wheels fall off? If not, you're stuck in the growth phase. So when you start bringing in people, there needs to be clear job descriptions. And I just wrote a blog about scale, about what that means. You need to give people role, rope, permission to do things, a clear job description and celebrate, even if they make the wrong decision, but you need to let them do what they're good at and let go of control. But then the next question is, can the business grow without you? So it might run without you. Like I, I can I can go take a month in Spain. The business will run, but I'm still in that scale to build phase. And what happens with build is it's when the business goes beyond you. 
where you could get hit by a bus and they understand your vision, your purpose and everything. And, and you invest and you pour into these people so much that, that they become better than you. I remember when I, I, I now have salespeople that outsell me and I never thought that day would come in business because that was my thing. I was so proud of it. Hard to let go of. So, you know, as an entrepreneur, just, just find, yeah, find out what you're good at, really lean into that and, and pour into people. Don't be afraid to invest in people. And if you go, well, I can't, I can't trust, you know, can't trust this person. Well, they're either not trustable or you don't trust anybody. Where's that come from? And that, that sec, the, the first, the second phase, even the second to third phase, it requires exploring a lot about yourself and what kind of programs and beliefs and mindsets you have and run in yeah. your life. Yeah. So maybe other question about that. Um, like how, how do you think about the risk of hiring somebody who turns out to be a mistake or you think it was a mistake of like investing in them and building up, building mm -hmm. upon whatever potential you saw in them versus saying, yeah. oof, no, that wasn't right. I need to replace them. So, I mean, we, we've had, uh, we've had stories like Rick, where the guy comes to us out of prison and I'm still hanging out, pouring into that guy. He trains jujitsu with us. He hasn't been in a while. We'll have to remind him of that. But, um, <laughs> you know, you have a story like that. And then I have a story of a guy that embezzled $40,000 from us and was just totally full of crap. And he pulled the wool over our eyes and looking back, we should have seen the signs. It helped us. It was an expensive lesson that helped us realize some things. And then everything in between is this. And I think this is the entrepreneur or kind of the, the pull on an entrepreneur is like, why would I invest all of this? We, we actually had a gentleman who left, started another painting company, totally lied about it, stole customers. He did it in a very lack of integrity way. And it showed who he truly was. So that's great. Go do your thing, dude. I'll do mine and we'll see where we end up. But you, you look at that and you go, why did we invest in that guy? You know, he, look at what he did. It's like, well, do you want them to stay stupid and not poured into and not that they're stupid when they come here, but do you want somebody to not grow and stay where they're at? Dave Ramsey says that, do you want to grow them and maybe they leave or have them stay where they're at? And he calls it stupid and stay. Um, so, so yeah, I just, I, I stopped. I ran betrayal programs in my life for a really long time. I got bullied a lot growing up. I had situations where um, people that should have been encouraging me and uplifting me didn't. So I was always looking over my shoulder for the bully and I was always waiting for the relational shoe to drop. So, so I brought that into business and I didn't want to invest in people for a really long time. I was a, I was a poor leader, bad with people. I was a jerk of a boss. You work for me or you're fired and go to your job. And I don't care how your weekend was. I don't care about your personal problem. Get out, get out of here. Go make me money. Mm. That, that was me. So, so 10, that's that's, that's a, a favorite mistake worthy story as well. My gosh, that could be a, yeah. whole, a whole episode of how mm -hmm. did you discover that? I mean, obviously like there's, mm -hmm. there's growth mindset, there's development, you can mm -hmm. become a better yeah. leader. Yeah. Yeah. These were lessons I learned lots, lots of different ways of the, you know, kind of the, the long story short, I get fired in 05 in a very nasty way. Bank president comes in, he says, put all your shit in the box. You're fired. Go do that painting thing. You dirty little painter. He cinches up his tie and I was a pretty angry young man. I had a lot to prove. So I go, you know what? I will. And I'm going to make a million dollars and I'll come back and wait at that. So I did. And I grew my business out of anger. And, and literally the drive, like the drive, Mark, was to become a millionaire, make a name for myself and try to gain acceptance from people that may or may not ever give it to you. But I realized I start winning these awards, right? I'm standing on this million dollar mountain and nobody's there with me because nobody's staying in the business. And I'm working with a coach. 
2011, 12. And I go, why, why does everybody, why can't they work as hard as me? I can't believe this, but you know, it's their fault. He goes, it's your, it's your fault. Do you hear yourself? He's like, you're such a victim. It's like, stop being a crybaby. You suck at leadership. You suck at people. You're a jerk to work with. And would you work for yourself? And he was right. And he goes, listen, this is going to go one of two ways. He called me out and I had to consider where things were going and then commit to change. It's the three C's of changing your story. I talk about it in the book. And then from there I go, man, I go, I just started getting into this personal development, this leadership stuff. And I just, I just dove in head first. And then you have to come back. If you're that leader right now, or that business owner, who's not quite the leader yet, you, you've got to admit it. It's pain a baby, right? You know, Hey, I screwed up. Here's what I'm going to do. And some people were with me. Some people were not. Some people mm-hmm. left. So it's okay. Wow. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you, Matt, sharing, you know, all those stories and reflections and, and tips so much uh, great stuff that, that stuff that you shared here more in the book again, uh, painted baby connect through connect with clients through brave and vulnerable storytelling. One, one last question before we go, Matt, one, you know, you, you mentioned practicing jujitsu and that's one of your businesses. I don't know anything yeah. about jujitsu compared to other martial arts. Um, is, you know, you talk about being angry is jujitsu kind of more aggressive or avoidant, you know, avoiding contact kind of, um, style. Does that have any connection to your personality or at all? Or is this a bad question? This is an awesome question. Jiu-jitsu is actually called the gentle art. Jiu-jitsu is a cousin to judo, right? So the, the gentle way. And, and I actually have something I talk about a lot. I have a video series called Matt on the Mats, but it's it's the gentle art of leadership. So if you look at jiu-jitsu at face value, you watch mixed martial, martial arts, right? It's everything that happens when you get to the ground. Judo is how do you throw the guy to the ground and pin him. Jiu-jitsu is what happens. It's this human chess match of leverage technique and, and timing. And what's interesting about it is I was 26, 220 pounds of pure muscle, ego, attitude, walk into a jiu-jitsu class. And they said, go with that kid over there. He's 15, he's half my age, half my size. And he kicked the crap out of me, choked me, submitted me. You basically choke people and wrist, arm, leg lock people. They tap out, you submit them. Um, but jujitsu exposes your personality. If you are a hard driving, aggressive, fast moving, that's how you're going to approach jujitsu. If you're very methodical, introverted process oriented, you'll just see people, I'll see them on the mats when I teach and they're, they're just watching and processing and, and it's just this computer program. So it really parallels and exposes your personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, we could do a whole nother podcast. Yeah, I mean, maybe we could. Really, maybe we could do. We could do that. I hope. And um, we yeah, should I appreciate you, Matt, sharing your story and exposing your personality and thanks the way you go about things. This has been um, this has been really uh, enjoyable, very insightful. Um, thank you so much. So again, uh, Matt Schaup, um, the book "Painted Baby: Connect with Clients Through Brave and Vulnerable Storytelling." Look at look at Matt's daughter there. That's adorable. And she gets a cut. She gets a cut for her college and wedding fund of every book I sell. But I think it's going to be wedding before college because she's boy crazy and she's 12 now. And I'm not, I'm not excited about it. Good luck to you. So thank you, sir. Thank you. Thanks. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. Same here. Thank you. Well, again, thanks so much to Matt Schaup for being a guest here today to learn more about his book, Painted Baby and more. Look for links in the show notes or go to markraven.com slash mistake 212. As always, I want to thank you for listening. I hope this podcast inspires you to reflect on your own mistakes 
how you can learn from them or turn them into a positive. I've had listeners tell me they started being more open and honest about mistakes in their work. And they're trying to create a workplace culture where it's safe to speak up about problems because that leads to more improvement and better business results. If you have feedback or a story to share, you can email me, myfavoritemistakepodcast at gmail.com. And again, our website is myfavoritemistakepodcast.com.